0: Do know the fastest, easiest way to buy Bitcoin? If you're just getting into crypto, it's the perfect place to start. Hey guys, mm-hmm. welcome back to the Leah Open Show. It is powered, of course, by Icon Plus Capital, the VC firm. Aubrey, great to have
1: you. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Leah. I'm so excited. We haven't talked. Yeah. At all-
0: I know. I'm really excited to jump in. Before we do, I just want to let everybody know that this is um, sponsored by BlockFi. So you can actually get up to $250 when you sign up, um, which is pretty great right now because, I mean, everything is crashing. So a little bit of money
1: there isn't too bad. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Aubrey, how are you doing? Where are you based right now? So right now, I'm not my normal setup. Um, Obviously, I think I film all my TV from, like, my house. I'm at my grandmother's shore house in New Jersey, in, like, southern New Jersey. That's why it's very humid and crazy down here. But, um, yeah, it's, I don't know if, if, you know, like, the Jersey Shore. I mean, they they used to have, like, a show about it, but it's not anything it's not like the show at all people like like just a bunch of like italians like fist pumping the whole time it's not that at all but
0: oh it's not that like that's what we think it is in the uk
1: it's not that it's actually really nice like short town and it's gotten like a bad rap i'm sure there's like parts of like the uk that people like chalk up to some sort of like stereotype and it's like absolutely nothing like that but yeah anyways down here fixing up my grandmother's house and working at the same time right now
0: Nice. Well, I kind of want to go into all of this stuff. I mean, I know that, you know, the markets are crashing right now, and we'll get into that. But I want to talk a little bit about you, how you got into crypto. Um, I really love what you do. I think it's really different. It's so current. And I also love Try Lolly, the brand that you've built. So I want to go back a little bit. Um, And on some, firstly, how did you get into crypto? Then how
1: did you land with Try Lolly? So crypto, I got into back in 2016. And it was sort of just right out of college, I was looking to be a journalist, I was um, kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I did political PR and then sort of found this company that was doing crypto PR. And before that, like maybe a few months before that I had been personally investing in crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, just, you know, sort of like the top of the coin market cap.
0: But wait, and, before, before you got into crypto, you were actually investing?
1: Yeah, I was investing. Well, I mean, before I worked in crypto, like maybe three months oh, before. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I was sort of investing and I had roommates and friends and people that were like very, like had gone full into crypto. And so I started to follow them because they were actually working in financial services. And if they were sort of looking t- towards this new asset class, it was probably a, a signal of things changing. And so I-, I think I bought my first Bitcoin actually at a Bitcoin ATM down in, which is usually not where someone buys their first Bitcoin, yeah. which is very funny, um, at a Bitcoin ATM down in like the lower side of Manhattan, they have this ATM machine and I and I bought there. And then most okay. of the rest I bought on exchanges, but... Yeah, that's been, that's been the beginning. So I've been in this space for about five years. And then with Lolly, I had a friend uh, who's still my friend. His name's Louis. Uh, and he connected me with Alex and said, you need to talk to Alex. He's really building something great here. And I'd worked on a lot of projects that I thought were too early for where the market was. And when I heard about lolly i was i said this is a great entry point and i mm-hmm. you just sort kind of know when you hear a winner like you're like this is going to work i very much believe in this and it's needed and so that's sort of the background there and i guess i should probably explain lolly to people who yeah, are go for hardware. It. um so lolly is a bitcoin rewards company that gives you free bitcoin when you shop online from over a thousand merchants and it's only in the US right now, but we're going to expand internationally. So these are places like Macy's Priceline, Harry's, uh, Chewy, and you can earn free Bitcoin on every purchase. So it's a way to passively invest in Bitcoin and own the asset without sort of um, feeling the hurt sometimes if you're putting your own money into it. Uh, so it's good for newbies. It's good for people who've been in this space for a long time. And I've sort of saw the way that I think Alex beautifully put it one time is we've seen these different ways of waves of adoption we've seen Mm. uh, mining obviously the original way to procure bitcoin and then people buying on exchanges which was like more of the 2017 cycle and then there's sort of another wave that's come through and it's it's a newer sort of uh retail investor that just wants exposure to the asset but they don't Know if they really want to put money into it, and that's through earning. So it, it's sort of the third wave of wave of Bitcoin adoption through Lolly.
0: Yeah, I think it's really cool. I think it's it's really different to kind of regard it as a new wave of Bitcoin mass adoption. Cause it's just not something which I think is an obvious play, really, is it? Because you know we always talk about like education, but I think the best way to get to give anybody anything or to get them on board is to give them something for free. Like I am a huge fan of um crypto.com and I have their card, but I I I never put the money down or anything. Somebody that I worked with was like, Leia, you need to get on board. So just here it is. You know, and I I think I think that's the best way to do it. But what you've done with um Triloli is so interesting because I feel like you really tap into um the culture, the online culture. And I think that's it's it's not just like a fun game. It's actually like a really smart business strategy. So what would you
1: say some of the key things are to growing a brand online? I like what you said there because I think people sometimes, not saying everyone thinks this, sees memes and the way people have run accounts as sort of a joke. And it's okay. it's silly and you're not taking seriously when it's actually very calculated. And it's obviously done for reasons. Of course, we want to have a good time. We're not, you know, sitting back here calculating every single meme that we put out on the on the channel. But there's a lot of sort of old age traditional, which is sort of like, you know, revolting against the old way of media, the old way of connecting with your consumers is being so professional and uptight and buttoned up. And that's sort of not the way the world is anymore. So things are shifting financially, but also the way companies market. And um Sorry, just went onto there because I I No, I, go for I, it. But um what was the original question? How do we
0: Yeah, so I basically I'm asking how do you um how important is that to growing a brand or like what what would you say the most important thing is to growing a brand? I know you because I'm saying like you guys obviously focus on the meme culture quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um so how so what would you say the key features are to growing a brand online and growing a presence um online?
1: Yeah, I where we were, we started in 2018, and so yeah. that was a, a bear market, and people really are just looking for entertainment. And I think there's a lot of people now, creators, that are doing a great job of this. And it wasn't really prevalent in the crypto community because you kind of have to get over this hump of trust with a lot of financial institutions mm-hmm. before you. You know, it, Lolly is a custodian in many ways, and, you know, we hold a lot of Bitcoin and but we come up, we approach the uh, customer in a different way than, you know, some other financial institutions. But now you see exchanges sort of behaving in a similar manner, you, the way Binance is running their account. It's they sort of like everyone sort of just copied off of like sort of the lolly model in a way. They're like, oh, it is OK to make jokes online, especially because a lot of crypto is sort of a joke sometimes, not like not the assets but some of the i mean some of the names of these tokens are absolutely insane and the things that go on with elon musk or whatever if you're not staying culturally relevant on these topics you're losing a, a great opportunity to communicate with a large amount of people and so i think that people have begun to realize these a lot realize this and a lot of um exchanges and companies in the crypto space have adopted it but it was not a thing this was not a thing for a lot of companies for a while but yeah the the lolly brand should the reason we we make it so uh comfortable and fun and whatever you want to call it is because it should be you know bitcoin should be approachable it should feel that way you want to feel good about the brand when you go and use the product you you want to feel like you want to shop online and get bitcoin back so it's all these things to encourage it through the name through the branding the color it's like a periwinkle purple you know things that weren't traditionally done or used in the space so i think a combination of all those things make it more likable and it's called lolly it, it was never taking itself very seriously in the first place but you can take yourself seriously in the same token if that makes sense
0: yeah no i, I think it does and i think that. um it's just really interesting because there is a huge shift in the way that we do things. And I think that really started with our generation. Um, you know, we were kind of just, I guess it's because social media, social media made things far more informal, which meant that moving into the workplace, things sort of became more informal. And yeah. I just think it's like a slow kind of evolution. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just so, it's just so interesting to see. And like, it, it's, it, particularly with crypto, because everything is alternative. Like when this thing started, you had major billionaires and CEOs doing interviews and in t-shirts and there was no formality from the beginning. Um, and I think that really like annoyed some people and may- maybe it's just like a tech thing as well. Cause Mark Zuckerberg back in the day, you
1: know, would turn yeah. up
0: in t-shirts and stuff. Maybe it's
1: a tech thing. I, it's a little bit of a tech thing, I think, but I think crypto has taken it to yeah. the next level. There's always that, you know, I think a lot of people come over from the Wall Street side of things. They still wear like the suits and whatever. But mostly you're seeing a shift, a generational shift on a lot of different areas through finance, through the way you communicate, the way people work. And so it's all sort of happening right now. And it was probably pushed um, pushed through and like faster, I guess, because of COVID. Yeah because people had to be sort of less formal and you couldn't go into an office and all those things. So uh, people are learning that rather quickly.
0: But you say something really interesting about the suit. Okay, so I I don't, I'm obviously not gonna name names and keep it professional, but I did interview somebody oh, no. recently. <laughs> no, never. I interviewed somebody recently and um, he was like in a full-blown suit. And it was actually the first time in over a year I'd interviewed somebody who was in a full-blown suit. And even my editor said to me, I didn't trust him I go do you know what it's the suit that's why you didn't trust him I'm serious I'm absolutely serious it's because you're not used to it and everybody's so informal and like you said it's about like being relatable and creating something which doesn't scare people off like who wears a suit in crypto anymore
1: that's true. I, I actually would. That's funny because there's this there's this social experiment of you know if someone is hurt on the sidewalk and they're wearing a suit, would you go help them rather than someone who's not wearing a suit and that looks you know maybe that you know kind of whatever I don't know. Um, and so that, but now if you flip that around and say you know if you're interviewing someone or you're they're coming for a job or you're just meeting them, are they wearing a suit or not? It does put people in a weird mindset like put off sometimes uh, this is like too serious of a conversation um but that's like i guess that's just the boomers i don't know
0: yeah he was a boomer but like i think what's also really interesting is before i started to be more independent in the space the first crypto company i worked for did everything the traditional way it was so formal and so uptight and unfortunately the company didn't succeed and i think
1: that's the problem i think that's why um, that and i think that's mean? No, Is that the UK? Do you feel like the UK? Because I lived in... It wasn't a UK
0: company. It wasn't a, it was an American, American really? company.
1: Okay. So I worked in Dublin, not an yeah. island, not, not a part of the UK, but um, it for a few months. And I felt like the office that I worked in and everyone there was so dressed up all the time. Lovely people, lovely bunch, very great. So dressed up all the time. Like... Mm. Wearing suits every day to the office, and this was two years ago that I was working there. And it was a crypto, it was a crypto company, but very, very dressed up. And it was just odd to me. None of that made sense. We're working on with crypto clients, uh, anyway. So I was going to. No, take I'm a- with you. Just- yeah, no, no, I I- I'm
0: definitely sorry. Thought- go on, I can't hear you. I
1: it was like I thought this was an Irish thing, maybe, and I don't know.
0: No, I think I think I think it's just like an office thing, if I'm honest. Um, I think it's an office kind of thing, but so, okay. So I want to get your thoughts on it. Why, what do you think is so effective about it? So it's obviously relatable, but I kind of had this whole idea in my head and I, I made this video and I was sort of comparing it to like finance in terms of like supply and demand. And I had this theory that there's a real lack of like happiness and entertainment in this world. And so I felt people would gravitate towards things which are lighter and funnier and sillier. Um, yeah. What do you think?
1: I for yeah, there's been a bunch of financial meme accounts that have bas- basically popped up over the past few years, and it's this shared struggle and strife that traditional finance has gone mm-hmm. through. But then, cryptos, crypto memes have been around for a long time. Uh, the inner the community is also just more plugged in online than other communities. So they're they're always online. They're day trading, and so they can make memes. They understand culture, and. Yeah. For that's more on the community side, but for a company side, really a meme is just a message that you're getting across in a a shorter way. And especially on Twitter, you have a character limit and you can only really get out what people can get in in probably a a second scroll down their timeline. So whatever you have to say, it needs to be funny, it needs to be convincing, it needs to, or evoke some sort of emotion, get something across or else your meme's not good. So uh, people like I like I said, people are downplaying how what a strategy it is. But if you go look on Instagram now, there's a lot of companies that are sort of hiding their product within memes. Yes, you feel like you're reading a meme and it's funny, but it's secretly branded, and you wouldn't know it uh, unless you sort of really looked into it and you, you see that their products at the end. But the content is just so good that you're willing to share it. And the real metric used to be likes and uh, retweets or just likes on Instagram. But really, it's the shared button or the saved button on Instagram. And that's what we found. So we run a meme account on Lolly's Instagram and every day we rank the best Bitcoin memes. And if we look at I've looked at the metrics of it, the, the amount of shares that it got. The last one we just did roasted Elon Musk is crazy. People love memes. They love to share. They love to send it to their friends. I'm sure you do when you're on Instagram or some, you know, you find a funny meme, you want to share it. And the engagement is so much higher compared to something that would just be promoting your brand. If that makes sense. You're still, yeah, they're still coming. They're coming for the content. Yeah. And I think, I actually don't think it's it's anything
0: too new, um, because I think what they're selling you is a lifestyle. And I believe that's always been the case when it comes to advertising. Like you can watch the most incredible ad on TV, right? It's so good. And then you're like, what on earth are they advertising? And then right at the end, McDonald's. <laughs> you know, so so they're so they're selling you, you know, like a lifestyle and a community. And I guess memes is the same thing; it's just done differently. But in terms of meme coins, this is something that you know has totally blown up recently. So you've been in the space longer than I have. So I want to get your thoughts. Um, things like Doge and Safe Moon, yeah, Safe Moon Shiba Inu, and all those fun, cute things. Uh, <laughs> Is this this, this just standard bull market or is this part of this evolving internet culture?
1: I think a lot of it is the bull market. Did you see the one? I saw it last night. Little Zam, the rapper, came out with Pubecoin. Mm. Did you see that? So I saw somebody was about to do a live stream.
0: I saw someone's about to do a live stream and I was like, wait, 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 I'm confused. So what was that?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't look into the token economics or whatever mm. that, that Pube is, but uh, you know, little Xan put out, and that's when I was like, I need to close my laptop and and get off Twitter for the day, which is obviously impossible. But uh, mm. yeah, the, these these tokens, ass, yummy, safe, moon. I think there's, there are some tokens and there are some protocols that are being made that have some promise, but not not all of these i think they're going to fall away you know by the wayside the way that these sort of ico area yeah. happened i can't even name anything that's really around anymore and even that during that time i was pretty young and new to the space i could even tell with literal no experience and experience at all in the space that this was a was just not the ICO market was like a bubble and yeah, there was like awesome. no cap ICOs. And then they just rebranded to STOs. And then I don't, where are these projects today? What have they done? Yeah. And four years later, there's nothing for most of them. Some of the tokens are around um, that were created then, but I, I can only name a few. So I do think a lot of it is the bull market, but I do think that there is a lot of creators that are finding ways to optimize payments. And and they're trying to figure it out. I don't think anyone has it perfectly nailed down or trying to figure out the ecosystem. But when I was out in LA, there is so many celebrities and people that are interested in in basically creating their own coin or creating their own crypto project. They're very into crypto, which is interesting because I'm always in New York and the crypto conversation in New York is a lot different than the creator uh, culture conversation that's in LA. So it's sort of dynamic in the United States right now, I would say.
0: Yeah, my brother's actually been spending the last three months in LA. Um, he's right. a big TikToker or whatever. Um, yeah. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he is like so into crypto. Everybody in LA, all the creators I'm hearing are holding Doge. Um, yep. They are all, like he's got his own yacht, which is, if, if, if anyone doesn't know, the yacht is when you have the emojis, which belongs to you. So like a phone number, but it like belongs to you and it can't be replaced i mean it can't be copied nobody else can have that that um combination of emojis um i think he's actually going to miami and i'm supposed to be there but he's getting to go there you know so he's really in
1: the miami bitcoin conference
0: there's another one there's an nft one around the same time so he's gonna go to that one also on the same day um yeah it's insane but like speaking of doge okay Um, this one's really interesting Elon Musk has backed it so I just want to get your your thoughts on it the way I kind of where I stand on this I think most people know is that I'm obviously very aware it's a shit coin it's a meme coin and it has no value like I've always been very open about that Mm. Um, but what I do but I I predicted that Elon Musk would try to work with so-called developers to make it something and I'm just I'm intrigued to see what happens I don't know what are your thoughts on on Doge?
1: I have a lot of thoughts on just Elon Musk in general and and why yeah. he operates the way he does, and I think that people react very emotionally to what he does every day online, and he's a, he's a little unhinged. Uh, do you think? Do you think? Uh, I think a little bit. I th- he, he there are some parallels to the way Elon, not to make it political, tweets, but and Trump. It's sometimes... I knew you were gonna say that. I was waiting for. <laughs> It's just a little bit of like, and not quite to that extent, Dave Portnoy. Dave tries to be sort of on that level, but his is like a little bit more contrived because he's always, he has a production team that really puts stuff out there. Whereas Trump and Elon just really shoot from the hip on all their tweets. You know that they were just sort of thought out of five seconds before they went out. And so do I think it's a PR stunt? I mean, Tesla was profitable on, you know, in Q1 Mostly because of adding Bitcoin to their balance sheet. And so, uh, do, yeah, I in, in some ways, I do think he's going to perhaps sell a little bit, buy low. Uh, you know, I could see that happening. I also see that the community has really pissed him off. Like, I think the fight that went on last week was insane. You know, he really, people were can be awful online. I think Elon probably has tough skin, but... the the, like absolute crying from grown men online. is just ridiculous. You don't need a hero to champion your coin. You don't need a mascot. This is not why we got into the space. I'm so sick of hearing people cry because it, it, you know, the price dipped 5%. Now it's like literally 50% or I don't even know where we were from the market top, but you know, there, there are worse problems in the world. And I get, it's just funny meaning. And and all of that and Elon's wrong a lot of, about you know a lot of the information he's putting out there so people want to explain why yeah. there are you know renewable energy resources for mining and, and a lot of that is being done but at the same time you know you're giving attention to a screaming child at a point and you got you got to know when to pull back in my opinion so you just like can't give him all the attention it would be so much funnier if people just ignored it could you imagine
0: <laughs> I totally agree with you I think that um I think so firstly, it w- it was so complicated what went on because I definitely agree. The first main issue is is just spreading the fud about you know the environmental concerns when it comes to Bitcoin. That was so unneeded. And I yeah. understand, you know, I think Peter McCormack was saying that a lot of Bitcoin have spent a lot of time debunking all of this, and for somebody to come out with so much influence to basically echo all that all that misinformation. I get it. It's horrible and 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 all that stuff. but it just it went too far. And, yeah. you know, if Bitcoin, there's so much wrong here. So like, it's supposed to be decentralized and it is decentralized,
1: but then one man shouldn't be able to move the markets like that. Exactly. I totally agree with that. I th- and I think that's a problem if it can be moved. I also think the Bitcoiners, some of the people in the community that were screaming, yelling and crying, it's almost like in PR, what I teach or like what I've, sometimes if there's a problem, a crisis comes problem, you know, something's happening to a company. and you know, you don't want to bring attention to it. Almost talking about the issue and continuing to acknowledge it brings more bad press to the issue because there's a lot of people that probably didn't really, you know, care outside of the crypto community. I know. Maybe they didn't see it. Maybe they didn't didn't even see it. Exactly. And so but then it gets exacerbated by the community because they throw a, you know, an absolute fit for three days. And so then Mm. it becomes a story. And, it's, and I don't think people understand how that works. You give you add fuel to the fire, it becomes a battle. Elon Musk versus everyone, Dogecoin versus Bitcoin, you know, and then it goes on Fox News and people are talking about it. And that's Was neat. it on Fox? Fox Business, they've been covering everything, CNBC, mm. and so that is how the stories get made, whereas if you would have just ignored perhaps Elon and he just said, he had some environmental concerns, and you know a few people talked about it, it probably wouldn't have been as good. Mm-hmm. As it is. So I think sometimes the community, and there's nothing you can do about it because there's so many people part of this community now can get so riled up about everything, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not always beneficial for for you know, the media coverage, the the community, a lot of things. But like back to your point, one person should not be able to influence a market yeah and so i think that you know that still is a high concern for many people and so i think that's what we're sort of realizing now um but the dip today you know i'm not sure even anyone knows why it's dipping so much at this point besides perhaps china
0: yeah i keep hearing about china um but okay so do you think that do you think he was doing some some kind of pr stunt here or do you think his actual concerns were genuine because this is a smart man. And I've said the same thing about Donald Trump. Like I've always said Donald Trump is a genius. Yeah. And people always say he's, he's an idiot, but he's not. And, you know, Elon Musk is obviously a really intelligent guy. How yeah. do you buy Bitcoin, not know about the environmental concerns, <laughs> um, and, then, and then say, no, we won't, take, we won't accept it anymore? Meanwhile, you're launching rockets to the moon, yeah. which
1: is not environmentally
0: friendly. So did he know?
1: Yeah, I mean the carbon footprint for every single rocket that goes out is you know, I think well, there's some stat how many trips around the earth but oh, I thought you were uh, going to give me I thought you're going to give me a stat there I was excited. I know I, <laughs> I do it off the top of my head. Unfortunately, I'm not an energy expert, but I did read about <laughs> it. Is. But, uh I mean, there are, Tesla's a publicly traded company. They have lawyers. They do due diligence. They they, they would have to look into Unless things run a lot differently, and they can. You can think about these companies. Um, I don't know if this is off a little bit. It feels like the camera is like no, you're good. Matched we'll up. With me. Okay. There's a there's a lot of companies that you think are run super efficiently, and mm. you peel back the you know, the veil, and you're like, oh wow, it's not actually run as well as you think it is. That would be hard to imagine at Tesla because I do yeah. think Elon Musk is very smart, he's been successful uh if he has environmental concerns may- maybe he does uh mm-hmm. but the way i'm seeing comms run at tesla i mean he put out a note statement that wasn't even a press release it was on a, it was on like a note app but isn't that what we were saying earlier
0: though isn't that just like part of the, the new style to be more relatable and not seem so distant and formal
1: when you have shareholders, though, you have to you have to put out a, a press release because you okay. have to buy people. So there's actually a protocol with press releases. And when you delist or change, change anything, you're supposed to let people know because they're publicly traded and there's regulation with, you know, publicly traded companies. But since he didn't actually sell any of the Bitcoin, supposedly, um, I that's just taunting the market then at that point and just causing controversy. And. To be honest, his whole backing behind Doge, I don't... Like, does he actually want to accept that as payment for SpaceX? Yes, like,
0: I, I do. I believe it. Yeah, I do. You really do.
1: And then what does it become?
0: And then it becomes a serious coin. Okay, listen, right. I could be wrong. Doges is a piece no, of I dog saw you shit. Put,
1: I saw you put out a tweet about this. So I want you to explain the tweet. Yeah, I, you were like...
0: Which tweet? I've done so many. It <laughs> was
1: about... It was about elon uh, accepting doge as like a space token or as, like being the you know currency of mar okay I don't it's like- so this is
0: the way this is way i look at it like this guy is a narcissist okay this guy wants to be the best thing he has totally revolutionized the the way that we we transact right he he started paypal that's incredible crypto aside um, you know SpaceX. SpaceX is insane. Like, if we just take a second to think about it, you know, I actually remember your a tweet that you made. Um, I don't know why I remember it, but I just remember it when when it went to the moon. No, so I went to sorry and go to me when it went to when it went up to space. You tweeted, "I can't believe you know an individual has done this, you know, on their own." I remember you tweeted it. Oh, yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. "Yeah, she's." I was like, "Yeah, she's right." Isn't that just like insane? So what he's done is is unbelievable, and I'm getting a kind of energy that he doesn't want to be part of a movement like he wants his own movement okay like bitcoin isn't his bitcoin is everyone's and bitcoin belongs to bitcoin belongs to the ogs and it's everyone's okay like he isn't the father of bitcoin michael saylor right now has been able to become like this self-proclaimed god elon musk would have to take second seat to that i really don't think that's what he wants i really think it comes from a narcissistic place like he called himself the doge father he wants to be king of whatever is coming next and so he has the power, the influence, and the intelligence to make something. Now, I'm not saying it's going to replace Bitcoin. This is where everybody kind of like misunderstood. Yeah. Bitcoin is Bitcoin. I'm not saying he's going to replace it. Bitcoin is still that store of value. But right now, Bitcoin isn't great when it comes to being that global medium of exchange. Like it's just not. Um, it's a. And don't talk to me about the Lightning Network. That might work in some places, but it's. it's yeah. Am I using the Lightning Network? No. Does the majority of people I know use it? No. Um, so. I can imagine he creates this internet currency. Like we understand crypto is borderless. Okay. That's fantastic. But we need it to be cheap. Like, I'm sorry. We're, like I, I get paid mostly in Bitcoin, but one of the companies I work with, they just pay me a little bit of money. And it sometimes I like, should we just do it in Bitcoin cash. So we just do it in Litecoin because otherwise we're wasting too much money. Yeah. So we need something and we need it now. And this is what I was getting to. I was sort of saying like the lightning network, like, bitcoin came on time but the lightning network is too late yes we need something now and so i feel like
1: elon musk is trying to fill that hole now so i agree with the narcissism that point you know i think you make a really good point i think it's it comes from not a genuine place or wherever it comes from an ego like that needs to be you know and there's a lot of ceos and men out there that feel like they have done that And, and trump had a huge ego too like he can be smart and sort of an opportunistic person who cap, you know capitalized basically on like a group of people who needed a leader at a time. And so yeah. Elon has a very cult following, and they'll follow him to like the ends of the earth that are not in crypto, and some that are in crypto. And so I agree. I think he he sort of did. if No one's late to Bitcoin, but he's not no G. He exactly. he came he came in. Did he he first bought in February? It was right yeah, after the Super so. Bowl. It was the day after the Super Bowl that he announced. I remember, and so, I mean, announcing in twenty twenty one, it was cool. He was a hero for a second, but yeah, he wants to lead a revolution, not just sort of join. And so, I, there's a lot of other, you know, I, who knows what goes in on in that brain, but um, and especially, I mean, the fact that he took the SNL bit, that also like lends itself to the argument that he's an absolute narcissist because, like, of course he is, like. Who goes on like a tech CEO going on SNL? Unheard of. Like Steve. And I mean, what? (laughs) No,
0: absolutely. And and I also think like, okay, there's it's one thing revolutionizing the world, okay, but it's another thing being the person that does that. Like that is something else, you know, being the person behind PayPal, being the person behind SpaceX. Like, there's something else. The argument then,
1: like, why not create his own coin? Why get behind Doge? If that, like, again. We know he's been pumping Doge. Like, why doesn't he just do his own?
0: Okay, so from what I've read, and this is like really, really like brief, is that it would be very difficult because there would be a lot of regulatory issues because of Tesla and everything. It would just be very, very difficult. Um, He can, and I think if he can't make Doge to the, if he can't get Doge to where he wants it to be, he will make his own coin. So I think Doge is his first is his first thing.
1: But I then just skip Doge because like the gamble of trying to get everyone, then you get everyone like then you get all these Doge hodlers out there and like you have to basically transition them to a new coin. It seems like just trim the fat, make your own coin and then call it a day and get that going because by the time you ever get to Mars or get to that point, I feel like you'd want that coin ready and trading. But whatever. I don't know what he's up to. I It's honestly just so annoying. I just want to mute his name. Also, the fact that we're fighting with a man named Elon is just like the funniest thing to me. No, no I no, get you. And jabs at his name, but it's just like fighting Elon all day. Yeah, I know. Okay, so
0: from a PR
1: perspective, um, can't remember who tweeted it. Maybe it was
0: like his name's Jack Sparrow or something on there. I don't know. He said this is like a really. He said this is like a really bad move, and I was sort of like. What are you talking about? Nobody outside of crypto knows what's going on. He can he can shit on Bitcoin, but like nobody knows um, why he's actually wrong. Nobody cares about, you know, Bitcoin mining being geographically independent. I mean, do you really think this was a bad PR move? I just don't even think it matters.
1: I think that the is actually a great opportunity. I think Nick Carter did a great job of explaining a lot of the, you know, the research done behind proof of work. And I think, yeah a lot of people think that the transactions you are using the most energy when it's actually the mining, uh, that is, yeah. so there's this idea that, Oh, wow. Every time I send a transaction or a remittance to my family across seas, that I'm using a large amount of energy. And I think debunking that fact and just talking about how people, it, you know, it's, it's advantageous for miners to look for renewables on their end, you know, yeah, of you know as well as, you know why? Why would they want to rack up a, a crazy electric bill when they could install solar panels and and do whatever they can to make it easier for them? So I think that that's really hard. Again, the main the main conversation of people out there they probably don't understand that or care to understand that. They just need to know the facts. So really, on the PR end, it's really giving people bullet points of this is what's happening. This is what's currently going on, um, and this is like debunked or untrue. But it doesn't help that Elon tweets about it. But he, at least he's not going on interviews yet, knock on wood, talking about it because that would be way worse. I think everyone in the millennials and the people in the tech community and everyone sort of that we are talking about is on Twitter. Whereas yeah. the people that would it would really bother would be people that watch cable television. And so as long as they're not really involved in all the mess, that's okay. But I mean, the price did drop significantly. By the way, what where's the price now?
0: We've been on this. So as we speak, it's at 35,853. Okay. So yeah, I want to get a thought. So um, do you think we're diving into a bear market? <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> um, there could be, the, I don't know. I thought the, okay, the bull market was gonna go through summer. And so I don't actually think so. I think it's a huge dip. Um, and I think we rally after this slowly. I, it'll be interesting dynamic if at the Bitcoin Miami conference and also consensus, which is the, the last week of May, just the attitude in the air, because I think they're you know, hoping for a different sort of situation, maybe like a 70K Bitcoin, but I don't think it's a bear market yet, but I think we will have one.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that um, the pro- this dip is pretty wild. I, you know, it was expected. A lot of people were expecting this. You know, people were saying we're going to get a 50% correction. Um, and so the, what I've, what I think, what I've heard, what seems to be a common kind of agreement here is that we're going to have this crazy dip and then one last shoot to the moon, basically. Um, people crossed. are still, yeah, fingers crossed. People are still hoping for 100K this year. Um, why not? We're not I- even... Yeah, we halfway through.
1: Yeah, it's it's still May, it's still very early. I think it's actually healthy though because it, the market and just the atmosphere was getting crazy and I think that everyone needs like a cold shower or like a cold bucket of water thrown on them and hopefully everyone can like relax a little bit or like sober up from the hysteria that was happening because it was absolutely bad shit for for periods of time. Yeah,
0: um, I think everybody needs humbling a bit, you know, with those damn laser eyes. The community yeah. just needs to chill. We need humbling a bit.
1: Get humbled. Yeah. And I, I'm humbled right now, too, because, uh, yeah, I was, you know, I've obviously been buying, but then was buying on the way up, too, just because just it was so, you know, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I threw all my like free cat. I have, I can't even buy most of this dip because I don't even have any like capital, like <laughs> capital like throw into it. Like I don't know what to do. So um anyway, yeah, I think it's healthy. I think I'm very, you know, grateful for a corrections, great opportunity to buy. And I don't think this is the end of the 2021 cycle, but you know, if you've been in this space any period of time, you know, these are four year cycles that this yeah. obviously happens on.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so just about you, I want to know. Um, so your doing an amazing job with try lolly um you're an absolute pr marketing whiz like i think you're incredible um what's your goal like what's your overall kind of
1: dream personally or for lolly or <laughs> personally um god it's so hard i because part of it is with lolly i do want to see the lolly app on every person's phone eventually. Also the, the app is sort of live for thousands of people, but it's rolling out to thousands of more at the end of the month. So it'll be fully live across uh, you know the United States. everyone can have the ability to own Bitcoin. That really is something that mm. makes me happy. And really the, while, while the price and obviously, I was interested in Bitcoin because it was you know I was young and wanted to make money. The real technology behind it and what it can do and what cryptocurrency can do for millions of people around the world is something that really resonates with me. And so I've been writing a lot of op eds, but I would like to do I would probably really like to start a nonprofit eventually if I was Mm -hmm. successful uh, and didn't really need money to help sort of causes that I'm very passionate about. And so I think there's a lot of communities out there in the united states that i would start with first because i think a lot of people look outside of the united states sometimes to go help when there's a lot of people hurting within the yeah right now and so charity really,
0: starts at home as they say
1: it starts at home it starts with yourself starts with your family and your friends and helping and loving the people that are hard to love you know first and then reaching out from there and helping other communities so there's a lot of places i, I just read about the indigenous population in the United States that is really sort of forgotten about here. There's places like Flint, Michigan um, in the United States that still don't have great water. You know, there's a lot of places in the United States that are not, mostly the cities uh, are really hurting. So I'd like to do something where I could potentially give back to other people and eventually expand out outside the United States um, if if I had the time to do it. But um, I also- would love to live on a beach too. <laughs> get a <laughs> I want a shore house like my grandmother's shore house that I'm in right now but um that's that's hopefully when uh, lolly ipos <laughs> well keep
0: stacking those sats and yeah. uh you'll, you'll do it you'll yeah do it for sure yeah. so where can people find you how can everyone stay up to date with you
1: yes you can follow me at the name listed below at aubrey strobel and then I am you know we follow the Twitter account too, because we put a lot of hard work into those tweets. So follow at try lolly and then download lolly at lolly.com. And yeah, I'm, I'm mostly on uh, Twitter, but I, I saw that you also, you hit like 10 K on Instagram recently. And then I just hit 10 K and I was like, I've done, Congrats. you've actually like built up a, like a following there. And I need to like, try to build some following, um, on my personal account for Bitcoin, but we also have a great Instagram account for Lolly, which is what I said earlier about the meme review. And so if you're into Bitcoin memes, go over to Instagram, if only for the memes, and follow Lolly there. That's great. Aubrey,
0: thank you so much. It's been so good talking to you. I find this whole topic fascinating. I think you're doing such an incredible job with Try TryLolly. Um, so thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is great
0: absolute pleasure and guys don't forget to tune in next week because it's great as always we'll see you then bye